All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Did Sakaris have the bass boosted on these? Because holy smokes, that bass on that intro was so loud in my ear. I could see Matt getting down to the intros and stuff. The Sakaris and Price intro is fantastic. And folks, this, of course, this is Canucks Conversation. But Sakaris and Price had their first live show today. Uh, be sure to go check out, check them out. Give them some love as well. Grady, what time are you guys live? Sakaris and Price, what time do you guys go live now? 11.30. 11.30. Over on the Sakaris and Price YouTube channel? Yeah, Twitter, Facebook soon to be instagram there it is shameless plug for sakaris and price who of course we share this studio with at the iconic sheraton wall center but this is canucks conversation my name is dave Wadrelli. that is Harmon dial our technical producer you just heard him folks grady sass and our intern is lachlan irvin who is working from home today because that dang c bus ain't running let's talk about it let's talk about the win for the vancouver canucks over the fraudulent leafs as i wrote in the title oh excuse me before we do that i need to tell you about today's presenting sponsor and who won our contest last week uh, that is hsbc world rugby sevens western canada's largest sporting event this year is the ninth time that the event has visited vancouver as part of the world rugby seven series from february 23rd to 25th grab your friends and your best costume and head on down to bc place to catch 12 women's and 12 men's seven teams including two canadian squads take to the pitch for three full days of jam-packed rugby and partying Tickets are on sale now at vansevens.com starting from just $40 per day. That being said, if your name is James Grimshaw, you don't need to go buy yourself tickets because you won our contest last week because you texted in. And folks, I know what you're thinking. Anytime you lose a contest, you're sitting there saying, damn it. Why isn't my name James Grimshaw? But you have a chance as well, folks. You can still enter and win a four pack for the entire weekend. We're giving them away right up until the event. Right up until the event each week. That means that this week is another week that we're doing it. So text hashtag sevens. That's S-E-V-E-N-S to 778-402-9680 for your chance to win. We will be giving away a four pack each week until the event, folks. Text hashtag sevens to 778-402-9680. Jeez, between the Sakaris and Price impromptu ad that I did because Matt has the Base blasted on, or Blake. Blake has the base bat blasted on these. I've done five minutes of ads here to start the uh, start the show, but I've been dying to talk about this game, Harmon. Harmon, first of all, how are you? I'm doing great. What a phenomenal game that was yeah. over the weekend. Fraudulent. Beautiful theater. I also love that it wasn't just that the Canucks curb stomped the Leafs in the fir- first period. It was they gave their fans a chance twice to think 
that they had a shot to actually win the game. They got it to 3-3, got it to 4-4, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Only for the Canucks to put the boot back down. Which was great. Love it. It was great. It, it was so much fun. And, and it's funny because I was, I was watching this game and I, I was, it was one of those games, and there's more of these now. I think you can uh, attest to this as well. Your friends are starting to start watching the Canucks again. Yeah. Hockey day in Canada against the Leafs. I had a few friends watching this game. Like, are the Canucks going to beat the Leafs? Are the Canucks better than the Leafs? And I said, yeah, look at the standings. They're better than the Leafs. They are a better team than the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're going to they're gonna win, I think. And sure enough, that 3 nothing start. I had friends who haven't watched hockey in years saying, Wow, did they really just pay William Nylander that much? He like he just shied away from contact and board battles three times on three straight shifts. And then they're asking me questions about the Leafs being like, are they usually this soft on every puck? And I'm like, yeah, they are actually. And then it resulted in three Canucks goals. Leafs came out looking a lot better, of course, in the second period. But yeah, friends who haven't watched hockey in years, years asking oh are the Leafs this soft on every puck battle are are they this bad when there's pressure on the forecheck do they not forecheck very hard is this normal for the Leafs these are friends of mine that haven't watched hockey in years meanwhile you've got all the Toronto media out there what's wrong with the Leafs do they need to fire Sheldon Keefe what's wrong with the Leafs what's wrong nobody's nobody's bought in for years on that team anyways I don't want to start it fraudulent Leafs well, beat them. it was also funny because in the aftermath of uh, aftermath of that game Joshua Cloak who's uh, one of the Leafs writers at the athletic I read his postgame article and it's such it's so funny to see the Uno reverse card where they're they're writing about from the Leafs perspective how the Canucks have so many of the elements that the Leafs don't have with respect to winning those net front battles playing with hardness uh, some of that intensity especially in the first period now, to be fair, the Leafs did have, prob- what was it, almost double the shots the Canucks did. Obviously, mm-hmm. score effects goes into that. But still, to have the Canucks sort of up there as the shining Canada's light team. of what playing the right way means, <laughs> could you have imagined that a year ago? No. I mean, I'm a giant homer, so maybe. But no, in all seriousness, no, absolutely not. You just, like, the thing is, is the Leafs aren't, uh, and I'm, of course, I'm making a joke earlier on what I just said, but the Leafs aren't always actually that soft. And they weren't in the second period. Like they, they, they smartened up. But why, when you have these guys who have been there for so long, this is the question I'd be asking if I was a Toronto media member is, and I don't want to just talk about the Leafs for 10 minutes because the Canucks beat them down. We got to talk about the Canucks. But why is it that it takes you a period of getting your teeth kicked in and r- shying away from contact why is it that it takes you a period to get that under your feet? Like, it's one thing if the 2017 Canucks are having trouble getting started on time. That's one thing. But, like, you you, you need to start on time when you're playing one of the league's best teams, and that's what the Canucks are right now. And I just... I It was just funny to me that I was getting those texts about them being so soft on pucks and not forechecking and all that. And it was just like, yeah, that basically sums up the Leafs, especially come playoff time. Well, one of the biggest advantages that the Canucks have going for them this year, especially as we talk about them as potential cup contenders, is their forward depth. Because let's be honest, the Leafs' best players were, up until the two power play goals, better than the Canucks' best players, right? Nylander was going, I, I don't think it was Matthews or Marner's necessarily their best night, but they still control play. Line got their teeth kicked in at 5-on-5. Five five. Yep. But the Canucks get four bottom six goals, a pair from Hoaglander, a pair from Garland. They control those matchups so heavily. Compare Vancouver's bottom six on paper, where you have 14 goals of Nils Hoaglander on the fourth line, Sam Lafferty, 10 goals on the fourth line, who the Leafs had to trade away because they needed to fit Ryan Reeves onto the roster, who was a healthy scratch for this game. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, you look at their... You look at their bottom six right now. They have Domi, Nick Robertson, Callie Yarncrock, Pontus Holmberg, David Kampf has taken a massive step back this year, and Noah Gregor. It's not the worst bottom six in the world, but it's not comparable to Vancouver's bottom six, where, again, you've got all that goal scoring just on the fourth line, and then the Bluger-Joshua Garland line has been one of the best third lines in the NHL. That's what saved the Canucks in this game was their forward depth. And when you... Look... Talk was asked about this this morning, and I don't want to transition too quickly into stuff about Chicago because this was morning skate uh, of the game against the Chicago Blackhawks tonight on Monday. 
Talkit spoke about how a lot of the players, or excuse me, Farhan asked him about how a lot of the players' answers end up at the end or at some point in the answer starts morphing into, yeah, and come playoff time, we're going to need to do that. And Talkit kind of pumped the brakes on it a little bit. He was like, no, we're not thinking about playoffs, that kind of thing. But he also did say, you know, there are things that we're working on that we want to always be working on and never taking our foot off the gas because we're waiting for playoffs or anything like that. And he spoke about how they needed to work on things throughout the season so that come April, they're there and they're right there. And I think that's one thing that all of these playoff teams need is a bottom six who has an identity and can score. And I think for for most of the season, as much as gone right for the Canucks, for most of this season at this point, the bottom six hasn't had an identity, right? Like they haven't. They haven't gotten um, all that secondary scoring that you would have maybe hoped for. But right now, your bottom really? six... I think they're. I think this is the best bottom six they've had in a decade. I no, no, I agree. Now I'm saying most of the season because because you think about the Bluger Joshua Garland line, like that line wasn't together in when did they get together? Like mid to late November, and that was when obviously the Canucks had their worst month of the season. But my point just being that now I think they have that identity, and the fourth line obviously is much more recent. The fourth line had no identity. I would say like last week they had no identity, and now you're starting to see them kind of, you know, be able to be that energy line, like two goals from Niels Huglander on the fourth line. He's doing it in such limited, limited minutes right now. Like that's your identity that you have those energy guys in the bottom six that can contribute at any given time. And Hey, they can, they can win their matchups, not only by suppressing shots from the other side, but like outscoring the other side and really putting a dent on this game. It's massive. And I think when you transition to the other parts of that game, one thing that I wanted to get your take on was looking at the way the Leafs climbed back and made it 3-3. Of course, the shots ended up being lopsided, not just at the start of the second period, but as soon as the Canucks went up 3-0, even towards the end of that first Mm -hmm. period, I thought the Canucks form started to slip a little bit, which part of it is natural because of score effects, but I also just don't think in general that the Canucks were executing their game plan uh, very well. But when you look at the Leafs' three goals in that stretch where they tied it up, wanted to get your take on Demko's role Mm -hmm. in those because of course he shut it down in the third period he made the key saves when he needed to but this is more like I'm curious the two Nylander goals in particular because the McCabe rush goal the second Leafs Leafs one that's a backdoor play he has no chance but the first Nylander one was a sort of spinning shot from distance there was maybe a screen there from Myers uh, and then the Nylander rush one where it kind of deflects off Carson Susie. Should Demko have had those ones? So I rewatched them just because I wanted to make sure I actually had it right. So the Nylander one, you're right. Tyler Myers is a minor screen, but Demko is also not anticipating the shot. And I, I would think, and look, Demko says he wants every shot back. And that's something Rick Tockett alluded to in his post-game press conference. But yeah, I would think that's one that Demko should have. Like yeah. your Vesna caliber goaltender. Yeah, he's got to have that. And it's just it's just an unfortunate timing thing because you have Bertuzzi coming down on your right if you're Demko. So Bertuzzi's coming at you basically unprotected. So part of Demko must be thinking, okay, he might get the pass down low and then I need to be integrated to that post. So, and look, we know how much Ian Clark trained goaltenders you know, how big post integration and their post play is. And just in the modern day and age, it's not just Ian Clark goaltenders. Um, But you see Bertuzzi's coming down kind of on the wing. So maybe he's able to get a tip in because he opens up his hips and starts to face the middle of the ice, which would have allowed him to, if Nylander makes a slap pass to deflect it in over Demko's right shoulder. So he is cheating a little bit to his right. I would say, I think it's a combination of that. I think it's also a combination of Tyler Myers having a minor screen in front of him and really just Nylander taking the shot when Demko really wasn't expecting it. So look, it's kind of like a perfect, perfect storm of things that you don't want to happen if you're a goaltender. But yeah, like that is one that he needs to have. Um, And then what did you say? The McCabe one or the second Nylander one? The second Nylander one. Okay, now I'm watching it. Riley plays it up. Nylander carries it in over the... Oh yeah, that... (laughs) That yeah that one's harmless. i can't i'm not i'm not gonna spend time breaking it down you gotta have that i do think there was a oh it did deflect, deflect yeah, it off deflected. okay yeah yeah it but, deflected off susie you're right so look that's a hard read right that that's a really really hard read not only um, does it change the trajectory it also changes the speed of the shot so you're totally. anticipating it going one way at you know a time that you're probably used to and then it redirects like that 
it's like a change up in baseball. It just completely totally. throws you through the loop. Another thing on that first goal too, black puck going past black jersey. We've talked about you know Ian Clark's uh, <laughs> I love like it. for white pads because it's easier to spot the puck. Well, as a goalie, you have that black puck against the black jersey. Just another thing to kind of throw him for the loop when you have the big uh, chaos giraffe standing in front of you like Myers was. I love it. Uh, okay, this is a question. Grady, stay on for a second because I want to ask you too. If either of you know the answer, has Casey DeSmith had a start in the black skate jerseys? I don't think he has. Because I I was joking with you guys at the start of the year when I did the black pad story. I talked to Casey and he said, yeah, like I got traded. Uh, the equipment equipment people told him he needed to get a bla- uh, black skate setup. So he did. And then after he found out about Clarkie's rule, he texted him or messaged him or whatever. and was like, hey, I didn't know this rule. I can get new ones if you want. And Ian never responded. So Casey just ro- rolled with it and he still got them. And I, I was joking. And of course, I'm, just, I'm having fun. But I was joking with you guys at the start of the year. I said, I bet you he doesn't get a start because he has the black pad. I think he has just because there's been a lot of photos of him in game wearing them now they could be from they've had up. so many here, here, here. Just, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna do yeah, a search dude they've he had, did they've, he did yeah against okay. minnesota okay good that theory i didn't want that theory uh, to be well, right my memory's terrible <laughs> i gaslighted you into that <laughs> well i thought about it today because uh demko gets to start tonight and this could transition nicely into chicago but i still have a few things i want to talk about with this leafs game um demko gets to start tonight kind of came as a bit of a surprise i'd say just given the opponent given how little the canucks are going to play over the next couple of weeks here a uh, little bit of a surprise that demko gets this one but now i would assume DeSmith gets the wednesday start against the st louis blues but before we move on to talking about the game against those chicago blackhawks let's talk about uh our final thoughts on that game against the leafs the big one that i had Harmon, was just that the lotto line really struggled at five and five and i know you've kind of already touched on this on the bottom six really won them their matchups there but they still found a way to make an impact on the game with the power play goals. And ultimately those are the deciders. Those are when you need your best players to be your best players. And in a similar tone, Thatcher Demko, Thatcher Demko starts to really lock it down in that final, final 40 minutes of play. Really? Um, maybe not final 40 minutes, but he starts to lock it down. And really when you need him to make those saves, he makes those saves. And that's something Ian Cole spoke about uh, this morning at Canucks morning skate. But those are just my final thoughts that I wanted to get in there. Yeah, it's interesting because I think with the lotto line, what it isn't just last night. I think their form has only been okay at five on five the last two or three games. When I'm watching them, I'm noticing that they're not transitioning the puck up the ice with as much speed as they were when they first uh, were united as a line. A couple factors there. First, I mean, you're never really going to lean on Besser to be a puck transporter. So really, it comes down to Miller and Pedersen. And I think on breakouts, we've seen Miller turn the puck over a lot more than usual mm. in the last few games. Plus, Pedersen is a player that typically has a dynamic skill to be a factor on zone exits, to be somebody that, whether it's with his outlet passing ability or just coming underneath and, and skating it up the ice through the neutral zone, I don't think we've seen as much of that. And I think the combination of that is why they've spent more of their shifts hemmed in their own end. Uh, plus, I think they've gotten a, a, gotten away a little bit. I think it, it even has to do with their slower breakouts that they're not able to create as much havoc on the forecheck, which was a big reason why they were controlling play, creating offense when, they're, when they were first united uh, as a line. You have to hope that Chicago was a nice get-right game for that line right and another line i'm gonna have my own is the second line as well but we'll touch on that in our preview of tonight's game before we do i wanted to get to this quote from rick talkett at today's morning skate which hey guess what i was there today i made the trek out i was there um at morning skate this is what rick talkett had to say when he was asked about the lotto line about um your your top line and their play five on five maybe the last couple of games and where you think they're at Yeah, they haven't been good the last three games, like five on five. And uh, you know, they, we met with them this morning, and they recognize it. But the one good thing is when they're not playing to their potential, they're coming up with a big goal. You know, whether it's you know, like P scored in Columbus a big goal uh, last game, that power play, they came up with big goals for the win. It's not like they're not contributing, but the five on play, yeah, for for their level of play, they got to raise the bar. You know, when they when they go against Matthews or the top line, the McKinnons and that. 
they got to go head to head with these guys. <clears throat> they know they have to raise the bar for sure. But they are, they're coming up with big goals though. When you say <clears throat> raise the bar, you're talking about which end of the ice, what specifically? I think 200 foot game, everything. I think everything. Playing the other team's best players hard, but also keeping pucks, supporting each other. It's, uh, it's something that uh, they recognize. One thing he highlighted there, when you're up against the best lines, that's your matchup line. They have no yeah. choice but to be your matchup line, right? And when you split Miller and Pedersen up, you kind of have the luxury of, okay, Miller's not on his shutdown game or Petey's not on his shutdown game. We'll go to the other guy. You don't have that luxury right now. I mean, you could throw the third line out. They could take anybody at this stage. But ultimately, when we look at it through that lens of, okay, come playoff time, what is this like? You need that line to be clicking. So you're hoping that tonight is a get-right game. I should have told you, or I will tell you now, because I got to talk about it. This segment is brought to you by Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool Game. Shots on goal, goals against average, and points per game can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool Fantasy, but unlike my predictions every week except for last week, it never disappoint so try your luck but don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time if you miss it you won't get a second chance sign up for daily face-off survivor pool fantasy today sponsored by wendy's and the wendy's app Harmon, 26 winners of the game last week of wendy's daily face-off survivor fantasy i'm very pleased to tell you you were sitting next to one of them i'm so proud of you man uh the one question i have where in the studio or are we going to raise the banner i actually was thinking the same thing i'm thinking right there i I actually think i might i i I might do that like i might yeah i might bring in an old baseball jersey that has my name on it and then like put a piece of paper with the wendy's you know what i'm gonna do that please we'll post it on twitter i'm gonna do that yep it's been been a long difficult journey i'm so proud of you you went through adversity a lot of tough times but you never lost belief Mm -hmm. and you turned it around Thank you. I appreciate like it. And a I'm true looking, athlete. I'm looking to uh, make make a comeback today as well. I'm 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 really really hoping that I uh, can make it happen. You're on today. that Canucks trajectory now. Yeah, and my pick today because people are curious because I'm so good at this game. Uh, my pick today is Elise Patterson to get two points at least tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, let's get into our game preview for today's game Monday, January 22nd against the Chicago Blackhawks. Harmon. Is it going to be a trap game? The last time I think we said that was the game against San Jose Sharks. We're like, oh yeah, trap game, trap game. It was like 10 to 1. Well, I told you it's not going to be a trap game because a team like I, I brought up Philadelphia early in the season, like that's a trap game because they actually have some talent mm-hmm. to um, give you a test. Whereas teams like San Jose or, and I know the Canucks did lose one game against San Jose, but Chicago without Connor Bedard. I mean, I'm looking on daily face or yeah, daily face off at their top line combo right now. Felino, Kurashev, and Radish. Like you've got the only the only way the Canucks fall, I think, is if Jason Dickinson goes off for some revenge game because genuinely he might be the best forward on their roster right now. The NHL All Star Committee didn't think so because you told me this right before we went to air. It just came out that there's no representative for the Chicago Blackhawks at this game. At the All-Star game. Yeah, I saw a DFO article about it literally minutes before wow. we recorded. So Dickinson, unfortunately, is not going to the um, All-Star game. Yeah, things are bleak for the... I thought maybe Seth Jones would have gotten a shot. Jones isn't even that good. I know, but, you know, the All-Star game, the bar is low, right? Like, if you have to send a representative of every team, who are they sending in his place? In Bedard's place? Uh, they announced, I think, Trocek and Connor. Okay, those guys weren't going originally? What the hell? Okay. Yeah, I have no problem with this. I don't want Seth Jones over there, uh, over those guys. So that makes sense. I like that. Uh, okay, so like we said, Connor Bernard is not in the lineup tonight. Thatcher Demko gets the start. Bit of a surprise there, like I alluded to, just because of the schedule, how few games the Canucks are going to play. I do expect Smith to get in on Wednesday night. And unfortunately, my theory about, uh, well, he's not getting the start if he's got those damn black pads on. Uh, that one is not... a factual theory unfortunately we were able to fact check that pretty quickly uh okay the Canucks did some pp2 work today and i don't think i saw nils huglander out there I, i'm think i'm trying to look back because jpat would have tweeted it because jpat's um 
Patterson's point this weekend was about, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Sorry. I found it. Um, okay. Suter is still on power play one and Kuzmenko is working with power play two. I got some thoughts on the power play. And I mean, maybe this is better for anyone else, but first of all, Nils Huglander needs to start getting power play time. He scored too many goals in very limited five on five minutes to be kept off the damn power play. It's time to get him on the power play. And P.S. Suter doesn't belong on power play one. Like he doesn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think Suter has a finishing ability. I was genuinely worried through the first 10 minutes of uh, that third period where the Leafs scored the shorthanded goal. And I'm thinking, Suter, it's not that I would have been criticizing him, but he had two glorious chances in the third period. First was an even strength one set up by Kuzmenko, who shout out, he deserves credit for being on the ice. Uh, his line drawing two penalties, the second of which created the power play that led to the Canucks 5-4 uh, eventual game winner. But Suter missed an even strength setup from Kuzmenko. And then on the power play, he had a pretty good chance that he didn't hit the net on either. I I love a lot of parts of Suter's game. We know how smart he is defensively, how sound po- positionally he is. I don't think that he has the perimeter playmaking or shooting skills to fit on the first unit and if Kuzmenko is going to be in the lineup anyway why not have him on the first unit and it looked like Kuzmenko was starting to get his swagger back in that game right like that game against Toronto that's something we didn't really talk about he started to make some plays like you said he set up P.S. Suter for a really nice chance that Suter didn't finish I I agree with you it's got to be Kuzmenko there but I have an alternative for you as well on the power play and Grady you can go ahead and clip this the people Need to see this, folks. We're talking about the Canucks' first power play unit and how Pius Suter probably, probably shouldn't be there. No disrespect to Pius, but probably shouldn't be on the first power play unit. This is how I would go with the Canucks' power play. You got Quinn Hughes at the point. You got JT Miller on the half wall on a strong side. You've got Brock Besser in the bumper slash high slot. Then you've got Elias Patterson on the other side waiting for a one-timer. Can you guess who I want at the net front? Hoaglander? Tyler freaking Myers. What? Stop. I've been saying it for so long. This is a prime opportunity to finally do it. We they have done it with the empty net. I don't know if this is a design player, if it's just Myers going on his own accord. Myers had a fantastic game against the Leafs, by the way. That's another thing we didn't talk about. He was phenomenal against the Leafs. Um, but net front. Be serious, quads. I am serious. Do you realize how tall of a human he is? Okay, what other team around the nhl has taken their biggest defenseman and put him net front on the power play i don't know there's the, none the boston bruins did it was chara at one point how long did that last i don't know but they won a cup do you remember that they won <laughs> i a don't cup. no they, they 2011 didn't. didn't exist canucks did that with zadorov a couple games there you ago, go one but it was a uh, they had the goalie pulled for the extra attack another thing zadorov is wider than myers so excellent point grady i take it back zadorov net front I don't even know what to tell you, Quads. This is not a serious day. No facts. No NHL team does this on the power play. Destroyed with facts and logic. You can't even have a comeback. Uh, Okay, Grady, do we have the lines here? Sorry, man. I forgot to pull these up. Um, Yeah, here we go. Yeah, Grady, let's pull up these lines. Uh, These were the lines at morning skate today for this game. Uh, Forward lines remain unchanged. No real surprise there. Uh, Quinn Hughes, Tyler Myers is your first pair. Nikita Zadorov and Philip Peronik is your second pair. Ian Cole and Noah Juleson is your third pair. We haven't even talked about it. Carson Soucy out five to six weeks with what Rick Dollywall has reported is a broken knuckle. Uh, so that is not good news for Carson Soucy, who has only appeared in 21 games this season. Uh, obviously, he returned after missing the first two games of the season. He returns. Uh, then he plays in 13 games, and then he's back out after blocking a shot on his leg in Montreal. I know people were asking if it was the same injury. No, it was a different injury. And the really funny thing is Rick Talk was asked about it this morning about where the injury is. And he was like, uh, upper body. And then like everybody knew it was the hand. So someone in the media pool was like, oh, well, it depends. And they were showing that his hands were below his waist. And Talkit loved that. Talkit started laughing. He's like, you're right. You're right. It depends. And I just, I thought that was hilarious. But yes, uh, looks like it's something to do with his hand, as was originally reported by Rick Dollywall. So the Canucks are going to be without Carson Susie for five to six weeks. A big blow for the blue line as Susie was playing some really good hockey. It's a shame because Susie has exceeded my expectations since signing with the Canucks. I've been quietly impressed with his composure going back for pox in the defensive zone, how well he's able to make that 
quick DDD pass, absorb pressure, because that's an area where when I watch a lot of the tape when the Canucks first signed him and I watch a lot of Seattle's playoff run, Susie didn't have that same level of compo- composure. It seemed as if his puck skills were pretty limited. And I remember thinking to myself and, and actually writing it that if he can get even just 10 to 15% better in those situations, mm-hmm. you're talking about a player that I think could be a complimentary top four defenseman, complimentary second pair piece. And that's, I believe, what we've seen from him this this season, not necessarily in terms of usage because he's typically been in, in and around the 17 to 18 minute mark. Mm-hmm. But I clipped a couple of couple of examples from the Arizona game where heavy forecheck, he's just able to make that calm next pass. We're not talking about needing to make the home run stretch pass or skating pucks um, away from pressure like he's Hughes or Heronic, but he's just making smart decisions. And it's such a big difference compared to last year where it felt like any time Quinn Hughes was on the bench that the Canucks blue line could not move the puck. Mm-hmm. This year, there's been such a, a massive difference in the second and third pair's ability to control play. Last year, with Hughes on the bench, the Canucks were minus 43 in terms of their 5-on-5 five, five five goal differential. It's wild. Yeah. So he's been massive in that sense. He's been massive in terms of his zone entry defense with his um, stick, his his reach. Uh, it's um, It's unfortunate, but it again goes back to credit to the Canucks management regime for bringing in Zadora for a cheap price because you feel a whole lot better about the bottom four's ability to um, hold over and and keep the keep keep things running smoothly even without Susie. And as we saw there, it looks like Philip Ronick and Quinn Hughes are going to be split up. But Rick Tockett spoke about getting Noah Juleson back into the lineup uh, and the defense as a whole needing to do, you guessed it, by committee defense tonight. And he, he said we might not see these pairs all game long. So, Grady, let's hear from Canucks head coach Rick Tockett. With uh, Susie out, looks like you might need some new pairings on the back end. How confident are you in the versatility of the defenseman to play with any partner back there? Yeah, I, <clears throat> that's why we've done it throughout the year where we've split some guys. You know, whether Phil plays with Huggy tonight, we're not sure. But, um, you know, the one good pair that before um, – uh, we had the other six in, but uh, what's uh, Juleson and, and Cole were pretty good pair. And then, you know, Kohler had to go to the right side. I think that's kind of affected his game a little bit. Now he's back on the left side. I think it's going to help Kohler's game. So we'll have a couple of different uh, matchups uh, or different pairs tonight at certain points of the game. So it's like a committee type of thing. That was really funny. It was like he cut me off to jump in and say the committee part. Um, but Ian You're Cole, used to him cutting you off, That's right. Uh, Ian Cole on the left side. I, I like that that was something that Rick Tockett highlighted because we've documented and talked about Ian Cole's kind of slip-in play that we've seen recently. But I, I, I hadn't looked at it from the perspective of, oh, well, he was on the right side during a lot of those games. And like Tockett said, Cole and Juleson, as much as we talked about Cole babysitting earlier in the year, that was a pretty solid third pairing. Super steady, super reliable defensively. You never had to worry about them starting in the defensive zone uh, off a of faceoff, for example. And, and that's honestly a, a really important litmus test for NHL head coaches is if my third pair is trapped on the ice, even if it's uh, an icing, for example, whether it's by necessity or even by desire that, okay, our first and second pairs are are tired. We we want to throw the third pair out there. Do we have trust in them with the defensive zone start? You never had to worry about Cole and Juleson in those situations. Plus on the penalty kill, they've typically been uh, really effective together. So yeah, I understand why you potentially want to unite um, that pair together. And I'm curious about the potential in-game adjustments because we've seen games where the Canucks are, let's say, missing a defenseman and they'll show us certain pairs at morning skate. Mm-hmm. But then through the middle of the game, they'll mix and match, experiment, depending on game state. And, and he situation. talked about that throughout the game. We're going to see different pairings. So it'll be fun when we come back in here tomorrow to talk about each pairing that we end up seeing tonight. Okay, uh, anything else on the game before we get to four wins and then anyone else? Quick shout out for the PK. Five for five. There you go. I uh, tweeted this out on Saturday after the game. They've been going at 87 and a half, which is tied with Carolina for 
third best in the NHL since December 20th, which is pretty remarkable considering how atrocious the PK was last year. So that's a massive part of why the Canucks won the game as well, right? You get two power play goals. And of course, one of them was negated by the Leafs getting a shorthanded goal, but uh, you blank that top unit, that Leafs top unit five times. It's really, really impressive work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, let's get to our four wins. Light the lamp contest. Sorry, I don't know why I was thrown off there. Yeah, it's time for Light the Lamp. Brought to you by our friends at Four wins brewing. And folks, I've been getting a lot of these predictions right lately, so let's do it. Vancouver is playing Chicago tonight, and we want to know who's going to score the first goal for Vancouver. If you nail it, you could win a $25 gift card to the Four Winds Tap Room located at 72nd and River Road in Delta. Enter by following us on social media. Keep an eye out for today's show clip and comment who you think will light the lamp and score the first goal tonight. Winners will be contacted directly. Check us out at Canucks Army or at Canucks Convo on Twitter, at CanucksArmy.com on Instagram, and Canucks Army on Facebook. And make sure you ask about Four Winds Light light logger at your local liquor store or have some delivered to your front door through the online shop at fourwindsbrewing.ca. All right, picks, gentlemen. What do you got? I'm riding with whoever you pick. You're the hot hat. <laughs> Literally. I like it. I like it. Well, let's not forget who correctly predicted that's the right. score from Saturday's right. game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 6-4 action. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like that. I really like that, Grady. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because I saw it got clipped. I thought because I saw you posted it on yeah. your personal. I thought you like did a sponsored clip. <laughs> I like, should have tagged you, Batway. Yeah, just like, Batway, check this out. <laughs> like, yeah. I got the right score. But anyways, uh, first goal score tonight. You're just riding with me. That's fine. I'm going to say tonight is Noah Juleson. Oh, let's ride. Let's ride. I will go former Chicago Blackhawk Nikita Zadorov. Jason Dickinson watch is on, but I like <laughs> that. I like that that you picked Zadorov there. Everybody forgets, including Zadorov, that he had a stop uh, in Chicago. Of course, I'm alluding to his interview that he did on the Drop in the Gloves podcast. So make sure you go check that out. Man, look at me being such a good company guy. I called, I shouted out two different shows today Drop in the Gloves in our network, and of course, the Harrison Price. As well, go check out those shows. And of course, I have to tell you about Rinkwide. Check out Rinkwide Vancouver after the game, post game show with Jeff Patterson and me. I'm back on there. I'll bring the hot takes. I'll I'll yell at Jeff about the Tyler Myers not being at the net front, filling in for Harm, who did Saturday's episode yes. with Jay Pat. Yeah, and then I'll be back on Wednesday as you well. You guys are like the spot rotation starters. Not to get a baseball reference in, but quads. You know what I mean. Someone man. was waiting for me to get baseball because as soon as I brought up Toronto and the oh, Leafs, they were why like, "Did I bring it?" They up? were like, "Oh, he's oh, going to talk no. about the Blue Jays." I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry to the YouTube chat. Speaking of the YouTube chat. A lot of really good interaction. Let's get those anyone else's in, folks, because it's time for anyone else. Presented by DoorDash. It's our listener's chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listener's chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 
or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. That's all capital letters, NATION, and the numbers 25 for 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order. That's code NATION25. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms, of course, do apply. All right, what do we got here? I think we got a lot in the YouTube live chat today. Uh, there, there was a few um, that I really, really wanted to get to. McKay of Hoaglander could honestly be an interesting winger combo with Suter. This is from Pimp Hanstrong. As always, the issue is what you actually do after that with Kuzmenko. Yeah, it's... Do you it, stick with... I think the bigger question, do you stick with the second line in its current form? I think you give them the game against Chicago. It's a good op- It's a good get-right game for everybody. Definitely, especially because you've been on such a heater this month. I, I don't think you need to start making wholesale changes. I do think that if the team starts struggling a little bit, not necessarily in this game against Chicago, but moving forward and you need to rethink line combos that Hoaglander, yeah, I do look at him as a player that you consider moving up the lineup to provide a bit of a spark, especially if you're still stacking the top line together with the lotto line, meaning your, uh, your second line needs an extra spark, but it's the commenters right too, in the sense that if you bump Kuzmenko down, then you're again, putting him in a situation where, it's not the right role and fit for him, especially now that we saw him play a better game against the Leafs. So I'd stick with the current line combos for now. Okay, this one from Nick P. Was there any interest either from Perry or Canucks management in signing Corey Perry, who of course signed earlier today with the Edmonton Oilers, or was that a total non-starter? Dolly Wall was reporting that the Canucks weren't interested in Corey Perry. And look, I got to poke a little fun. I was listening to 32 Thoughts today and Elliot was like, yeah, I think Friedman got, or, or not Friedman, I think Perry got some offers from some loud markets and he got some offers from some quiet markets. And it's like, all right, thanks. So every team in the NHL is covered under that list. So we, we haven't heard anything about uh, the Canucks getting, uh, a, having any sort of interest in Corey Perry, who, like I said, signed with the Edmonton Oilers earlier today. This one from Pimpan Strong as well. Anyone else think the trainers and coaching staff made a massive mistake by taking away Kuzmenko's Nutella and waffles? <laughs> When's the last time you saw him drinking Coke on the bench with a banana? Well, I'm sure if you ask them, they'd point the finger at Bali. Not the, not the improved diet. Yeah. I love I love stuff too because Manko started struggling. And not to poke fun at the guy too much. But... Someone tweeted out, I don't know who it was. Someone tweeted out the video of him running up the stairs and they were like, Oh yeah. Make okay, sure are we all box. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, are we all ready to admit that this was wasn't impressive? <laughs> well, I, I saw that same clip of oh, him running yeah. up and it was a it was a joke about him running back up it's the It's been box. recycled a lot and recently by Canucks Twitter. You know what? That joke was made after his game on yeah. Thursday. Yeah. It's like Kudos people to the training put, staff or the coaching staff, excuse me, for getting him back in the lineup on Saturday. Like I thought yeah. he played, I thought he actually responded really well on Saturday after a tough game. Well, he was shifty. Thursday. Like he was actually creating chances, yeah. like the penalty that he drew. And then um, he had the puck right before that other penalty in front that was on, I think, Mikheyev, the cro- one of the cross checks. A little bit of confidence, right? Like yeah. a little bit of confidence brewing for him. And, yeah. and look, like I said, it's Chicago. This should be a get right, grow your confidence game for everybody. Well, it's yeah. also. Like including you wanna, us. You want to juice his you want to juice his value, give him help him pad his stats a little bit. It's a it's a good spot, a good team for him to play against. I mean, uh he has gotten some of his production against San Jose. Yeah, let him continue building um building confidence. And it's funny going back to the original Bali thing. Taka joked in training camp that if Kuzmeka has a huge year, maybe they'll all be going to yeah. Bali. Yeah. I, I don't think any Kanak no. is going to be allowed anywhere near Bali ban. It's going to be in all the contracts. <laughs> well, <laughs> do just, not go to Bali. Just going back to the Chicago game, they split up Hughes and Heronic. Like if there ever was a game to see how those guys do apart, you know, tonight is probably your matchup. And I'm not saying like, you know, Chicago's the type of litmus t- uh, test that you would want to face, but now you can experiment. What can they build on this game? And then you got St. Louis coming up, obviously a much better team. We'll see how long that lasts, but you know, an inferior opponent like that, you can kind of 
work it in a little better, say if it was against like Toronto, for example. Right? Through that lens, I really like the idea of the defense by committee and splitting up these D pairs, right? I, I really like that through that lens that Grady just kind of outlined. Okay, a couple things here that I wanted to get to from the YouTube live chat. Uh, the first one, the first one, I'll be serious. This is from Wallach. He said, not going to lie, though, I'm stoked to see the Hughes brothers with Michael Buble. Uh, that sounds super entertaining as all-star captains for the draft. I talked about this last week. I'm so excited for the all-star all-star weekend. And I can't remember the last time I said that. Like, I honestly can't. Like, I think the draft is going to have funny moments. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time. I think um, the all-star captains were Nathan McKinnon with Tate McRae, who used to date Cole Sillinger. <laughs> I always have to slip that in. Um, also, speaking of our shows, I heard Sakaris and Price talking about Tate McRae. And like, they referred to her as a YouTuber. Oh, yeah, no. don't worry. I got that on ease and O's. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, you guys should not be talking about her. You just, you don't They should have called me in. That should have been a guest hit. I love Tate McCray. Yeah, I'll you could have talk talked Tate about McCray. how she did that album shoot with the goalie pads on the wrong legs. Yeah, that was tough. Although, I heard a theory. Oh. So, her brother played junior hockey. She's from Calgary. She probably knows which pad which legs they go on she did it as like an i yeah i heard a theory and i think it, was, it might have been balak that threw so or maybe it wasn't well, he quote tweeted it, it he did balak yeah. had a huge problem and that went it. viral but but i think and i'm only saying this because i like tate mccray yeah i do. think she might have done it as a kind of like a engagement farm yeah engagement farming yeah. like like okay Perhaps. well these these hockey bros might not listen to my music typically but they'll be talking about it because i, I put the pads on the wrong i don't know i'm I mean, just throwing it there's there. a lot of minor hockey parents out there that put the pads on the wrong legs oh, just yeah. because they don't know any better here's my take goalie pads look like they should go the wrong way that's my take if you're thinking about it you see more padding you're you're thinking oh okay well i'm gonna drop on my knees i would want more padding there once you put them on obviously it's a little bit different you realize well, why yeah, they're the way they are it's the interior right on the knee right <laughs> yeah, is but where you get those if layers. you're a minor hockey parent who's never dropped into a butterfly in your life of course you're gonna think okay I, I don't want my kids knees to smash against the ice so if there's more protection there i'm gonna put that side on there so i'm just saying i uh, shout out all the minor hockey parents out there good guys um okay what else do we have here? Okay, Mr. Joker, if Canucks make make it to cup finals, would EP40's contract skyrocket to 13 plus million? Well, if they make it to the cup final, first of all, I don't think anybody cares what that yeah, if, exactly. if the cost is uh is elevating. I mean Oh no, he won them a cup. He's gonna be so expensive. Maybe the thing to keep in mind is Pedersen is now on pace to eclipse Austin Matthews point totals in back-to-back mm-hmm. -back years. Matthews got what 13 point was four. it was it four 13.4 by four years is what I remember 13.25 there you yeah. go so he'd be close but the thing to keep in mind is Matthews has much higher goal production and that's valued valued at a premium in contract negotiations especially that even strength goal production that mm -hmm. he's so good at he'd be close I don't know if he'd quite crack 13 no. flat but it'd be close yep uh, let's not talk about Pedersen too much today and the trade stuff. And, the you know, there was that quote from Rutherford on Friday where he unprompted brought up a trade and it was like, whoa. Anyways, we'll dive into it uh, later in the week. I'm sure we've got some days without Canucks games, but let's not talk too, too much about Pedersen and the contract. We're going to do our best. Uh, okay. This is another one. <laughs> this is about my, uh, take of Myers or Zadorov at net front. Uh, I can't read this name. Yeah, I I straight can't read it. But this person said, wouldn't be a show without another whack idea from quads. <laughs> and then just well, one. Nick, Nick P, big brain strategy by quads. Send out Myers to take stupid penalties so PD and Miller can feast at four on four. Well, do you guys remember in the Chicago Vancouver playoff series from uh, over a decade ago? They used to put Dustin Bufflin. At yeah, exactly. And he gave there Roberto you go. He actually, nightmares. There you go. He actually had... Didn't he play forward? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. So he was so a forward. Tyler Myers is supposed to be a forward. He's not. Discuss. He's not. Stop <laughs> this. Yeah. I think Big Buff was still a forward back then. And, and you know he what? Transitioned over. In a more serious light, someone said, you know, Josh was actually the better option for net front. Like he's got the hands in tight to bury those yeah. rebounds. Like if, if you're sticking with my strategy of throwing a giant person at the net front, which I think you absolutely should. Josh was probably the most realistic option. Are you sitting there saying, mm, 
man, I really like P.S. Suter over Dakota Joshua. I just think it's simple to get Kuzmenko back on the unit, unit because, sure, True. Joshua's <laughs> probably their best net front option among the alternatives, but it's not just screening a goalie and being able to rebound. you got to have the offensive IQ to read off of Pedersen, Miller, Hughes, mm-hmm. understand when you're supposed to be screening the goalie versus when you need to kick out as a passing yep. option down low. Yeah. When, well, when and- you need to loop around and be ready for the backdoor play because they're always going to be looking like when Miller, for example, is coming down the left half wall, he's not just looking for the shot. He's looking for the shot pass and you've got to be able to make all those reads. So you need a high IQ player on that first unit. And we've seen them rotate on the power play. Like look at the Pet- Pedersen goal from the other night, like side of the net. How often do you see him creeping down that low? Like good power plays, know when to rotate. And, you know, is Dakota Joshua smart enough? First off, Probably hasn't played power played in a long time, dating back to minor hockey or at least in college, right? So, you know, that would take a little bit of fine tuning. And I think to Harm's point, like you really want your high IQ players knowing and having the reps from all those years in the past. Um, you know, especially with the way the Canucks zip the puck around on that five man unit, kind of getting everyone involved with the puck touches. Someone brought up baseball, but I'm not going to take the bait. I'm Don't not gonna take the bait. I'm not going to. How many days till pitchers and catchers report quads? Get the countdown going. 65. Oh, my God. You actually know this? No, no. Pitchers and catchers? Sorry. Pitchers and catchers is way shorter than that. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers is like less than 30. Harm, I'm just imagining like this guy's got a calendar in his next to his bed and every morning he just grabs a pen and like <laughs> checks it off. Like One what? day closer. What? Yeah, exactly. Well, Grady, I'm blaming you at this point. You asked no, him the question. I, I triggered him <laughs> it. It's my fault. So Moj, Bob Marjanovic, everybody knows him. Moj is getting me into a couple of his fantasy baseball leagues. Oh, no, stop. stop. And Moj Moj watches the show, too. And Moj is a big baseball guy as well. So Moj is getting me into some games, uh, some leagues that have been around longer than we've been alive. Like he was saying, yeah, this one started in 1990. I'm like, what? Was the internet (laughs) even around in 1990? A legendary 1040 moment. Mike Gillis and Bob Marjanovic. Is this Bob? Oh, yeah. Now, um, Moj is going to kill me for that. Sorry, Moj. Yeah, don't. You're going to affect if he'll make trades with me or not. You got to watch it, Grady. Um, By the way, fa- fantasy baseball or b- fantasy baseball pools, I don't know how you do it. You oh, have to best. manage it day in, day out. That's like, right. You're picking up relief <laughs> pitchers, it yeah. is a grind. Oh, it's the best. If you're watching. I guess for, for some sicko like you, yeah. sure. If you're watching every game you can and you're paying. Anyways, I'm not going to start. Grady, this is all your fault. You kept <laughs> the combo going way too far. Way too I don't, long. I don't I'm trying to dunk, dunk on the guy, but I'm just prolonging it. Now I'm explaining how I look at relief pitchers. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else that you guys wanted to get to? Because uh, we talked about, um, <clears throat> we briefly talked about the All Star Game. I'm just getting increasingly more and more excited for the All Star Weekend, and you know the skills competition and the captain stuff. Like I think it's gonna be awesome. Also, I realized I was in the middle of naming all the captains. I got to Nathan McKinnon and then stopped to talk about Tate McRae for 10 minutes. So Connor McDavid is the other captain. Um, and then, of course, Jack and Quinn Hughes are going to be co-captains. So last week we asked the question of, does he take Pedersen first or does he take Jack Hughes, his brother first, that being Quinn, of course. Um, but it's going to be co- co-captains, the Hughes brothers, which I think that's awesome. I- I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the All-Star weekend. Who's the fourth captain? Who am I forgetting? Uh, McKinnon, McDavid, Matthews. Hughes brothers, Matthews with Justin Bieber. Um, so that'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Like it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And you've got like global superstars like Tate McRae and then up and comers like Justin Bieber coming out. <laughs> so anyways, um, I thought I was, I also thought it was funny. The Canucks army account tweeted out the gif of Hughes smashing a stick. Oh yeah. After the Leafs yeah. had, uh, had tied it presumably. And the prompt was why is Quinn Hughes smashing a stick? Wrong answers only. And one of the top like comments is, because his celebrity captain is Michael Bublé and not Tate McRae. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> really? That was you? Yeah. I oh, shout that out, Grady. Nice, Grady. Nice. I like Michael Bublé. I like him too. I'd like to get him on the show sometime. Anyways. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. And also, I, I did want to bring that up. I had it in my notes. I don't know why I didn't bring it up. Hugh smashing his stick there. That's such a rare sign of emotion from Quinn Hughes that we rarely ever see. And... You have to think when you couple it with Connor Garland's comments on dropping the gloves recently, where he talked about how Quinn Hughes is the engine of that team. You know, he's a guy that leads by example, all that sort of stuff. If that dude's smashing his stick and none of the goals were really his fault, 
everybody else on that team is stepping up for the rest of that game. And that's what we saw, right? Like I, I give Hughes a ton of credit as captain of this team. Um, really even keel guy, obviously, but also when he needs to show the emotion and really fire his fire, his team up. And maybe he wasn't even trying to do that, but just showing the emotion. I thought it was awesome from Quinn Hughes. I love to see that. I just think he was uh, frustrated. And one, one thing I'll say is even going back to last year, I did a story on Hughes emerging leadership before even all the captaincy mm-hmm. talk started to um, crop up. And one of the themes that kept coming up was the idea that Hughes has been a lot more vocal in between periods when the team's not playing well. I think he's always had some level of emotion when the team's not going well. We just don't see him display it Mm -hmm. very often. Plus the other thing that um, you see quite often with Hughes is just having conversations with him over the last couple of years. Not just now that he's had the captaincy, he's taking on a lot more burden of if the team's not doing well, I take that that's on me, even though it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. Because I remember having a conversation with him at the start of last season. He brought up unprompted the fact that he was the longest tenured Canucks defenseman, how he had the big contract now, how he'd fixed his defensive game. So at least in terms of his own, the own parts of his game that he wanted to fix that, like he had that down pat. The next step for him really was, okay, I need to be more, more of a leader. I need to take more responsibility for the team's success, not just my individual play. Mm. And I think that's been a mindset shift for him the last couple of years. I love that. I think that's a great point that you've just made. Um, oh, there's one other thing. Oh yeah. Someone asked in the, um, in the chat here, do you think PD wins hardest shot again? So the skills competition is a little different this year. So we'll see what it ends up being. I, I'm, I'm not going to throw out, predictions on winners because we still don't know everything about the skills competition so i want to see more before i start talking about that i just wanted to use this as an opportunity to point out speaking of me being right i don't know if you remember this or if i even told you this but randomly i just tweeted out the morning of the skills competition i said Pedersen hit this number last year it was like 101 or something whatever it was and i said what do you think he hits this year i'm gonna guess 103.2 and then the skills competition happened and he won it with exactly 103.2, like down to the decimal point. And I, I wasn't like doing any calculations or thinking. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Vibes. This sounds right. I'll, I'll throw this out as a prediction. 103.2 was exactly what he did in the, in the hardest shot. And then, of course, people started to see that tweet from the morning. And I had a lot of fun with that. So we'll see. I'll throw out some hot takes for sure. Don't worry, folks. I'll tell you who's going to win everything uh, the day of. <laughs> but speaking of which, I wanted to quickly hint at this. I spoke with Lewis Patterson today uh, at Morning Skate ahead of the game against the Blackhawks, and it was just a one-on-one conversation him and I had, and he made a change. And I don't want to give it all away because I'm I'm working on the story for Canucks Army, and I don't want Taj or Buck Faustin or any of these guys to tweet it out. So don't tweet this out. But uh, I did speak with him, and it I don't even know how much I should say because if someone hears it, someone's going to go chase it and beat me to it. But... I had a good conversation with Lewis Patterson today. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to leave okay. it at that. I'm Why just bring it up then? Because I wanted to say more, but someone's going to get it. Someone's going to be. I know it. where you're going with this. Yeah. He's, One of his equipment pieces, isn't it? Well, now you. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, I, I talked to. <laughs> Let's uh, play a guessing game. <laughs> yeah. No, stop. Stop it. Stop that's it. it. That's all we're saying. Yeah. I talked to Petey and uh, we had an interesting conversation. Well, he's, he's been, been tinkering with things, right? He has been tinkering. He's been tinkering. That's a fun word. Yes. Tinkering. Yeah. We're getting warmer. No, stop. <laughs> We're done. We're closing out there. Oh no, Betway, Betway, get to Betway, Grady. Our Betway bet of the day brought to you by our friends over at Betway. And Wallach's asking when that article is coming out, like tomorrow. Like for people on podcast, by the time you listen to this, it's probably already going to be out on Canucks. Sorry, I'm hoping they practice on Tuesday. If they do, I'm going to go talk to Rick Talkit a little more. Um, I might have to wait till Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, don't stress me out. It's not about his wrist. People are now guessing in the chat. Nice job, guys. Okay, our Betway Bet of the Day brought to you by our friends over at Betway. Pull it up, Grady. Jason Dickinson. Over one and a half shots tonight against his former team. A $10 bet at minus 125 odds returns you $18 over at Betway. Must be 19 plus play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. That'll do it, folks. That'll do it. It's going to be a good one tonight. going to be a good game. 
Gonna be a good game for the Canucks. I wanted to get see right is game. he their leading goal scorer now? Jason Dickinson. He, yeah, oh he wow, is. he's actually tied with Bedard. Period with fifteen yes. goals. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, of course, Bedard's played seven fewer. Totally. But still, who would have thought Jason Dickinson fifteen that goals? That new contract too. Two years at four point four point two five million dollar cap yeah. hit. Good yeah. for him. That's yeah. Go get your bag, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, like you said, generational talent leading the Chicago Blackhawks in scoring, and Connor Bedard as well. <laughs> Hey, you got to get to the cap floor somehow, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, stop guessing in the chat what the article's about. For my co-host, Armin Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sass, my name is Dave Woodrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads every weekday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check it out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. And if you missed it, go check it out on your favorite podcast catcher app.